Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. He wanted to be worshipped above God. And then you have these human beings who were created, and we're not created like the angels, not at all. Not at all. There's, you need to understand that when people say that, you know, that, that God has he's made you and he's formed you, he's fashioned you, and there's something special about you, there really is something special about you that not even the angels can claim. Not even the angels can claim. Like, there's something absolutely just so amazing about just humanity in and of itself. God created everything, and yet there's something uniquely special about you. As you listen to today's message from Pastor James, he shares with you that God made you special. He made you to be uniquely in his likeness. Unlike the angels and other created things, you're created in the very image of God. Don't minimize what a gift that is. Pastor James encourages you to see the beauty in how God has made you, as well as seeing the beauty of God in those around you. It is such a gift to bear his image. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Revelation chapter 9 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. So we're going to be Revelation chapter 9, possibly Revelation chapter 9 and chapter 10, just because uh, they kind of flow together, and chapter 10 is pretty small, but um, we're just kind of continuing on through the book of Revelation, picking up where we left off, and uh, basically just the, uh, the world is uh, falling apart. That's where we last left off. So we were going through Revelation chapter 8, just to bring you, got, you up to speed. The uh, seventh seal was, was torn off of the scroll, and then you got these, uh, well, you got the, the seventh seal, which led into the first of trumpets, four trumpets, which we saw destruction on, on planet Earth, basically, right? So you got the loss of uh, trees, at, well, one-third of the trees, grass is burned up, and then you got something from space, basically, that's been thrown into the sea, and that wipes out a bunch of the... Um, seagoing individuals and, and ships and sea creatures, a third of those guys. And then, then another great flaming star fell from the sky uh, and hit the fresh waters. So, and then a third of that was, was kind of messed up. So essentially what you have is judgments on, I mean, it's just, it's happening. Like, it's crazy. The seal's been broken open. Now you got these trumpet blasts. What Revelation is really trying to paint for us, just so we understand, because listen, um, if you read through the book of Revelation, you're like, I just don't get it. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Because every time I read it and study it, I just walk away with like, I don't really know. Um, it's, is, it, is it this? Is it that? Is it the main point? The main point of Revelation is this, okay? Jesus wins, period, right? Jesus wins. Subpoint to that is you're connected to Jesus, you win. That's good news, okay? Third little subpoint to that is um, justice is coming to this planet. 
right? And it may come in a form or fashion. Maybe it's uh, or, or the seven seals, you know, because seven is represented, I mean, and just repeated all throughout this book. And it's number seven. It's the number of completion, okay? And so are the seven seals just, I mean, is, are they all one and the same? The seals, the trumpets, and the bowls, are they all? Because a lot of people believe that. I can tell you, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that God is going to judge this world, and he is just in doing so. And praise God. This is what you've been, when you read through Revelation, we're going to go through chapter 9, and like I said, possibly chapter 10. Just so you understand, as we're reading through some of the stuff, I mean, it's like, it's crazy things. And you're like, you're trying to envision what this is going to be like. And, you know, uh, if, if, and we'll, what we hold fast to, Calvary Galveston, uh, we're a pre-trib church, okay? We believe that the rapture takes place before the tribulation, okay? There's some guys who believe it's right in the middle, right before it gets really bad. Where we're at right now is like the middle of the tribulation. So it's like, it kind of sounds pretty bad the whole time. I mean, I know there's this false peace. That doesn't last too long because some of this bad stuff, most people believe timeline-wise, chapter eight is like right up in like at the mid, mid part of the tribulation. Like you haven't even hit the mid part of the tribulation yet. And that's bad. We saw, I mean, that's the third of the trees are gone and all the green grass is gone and the, the sea has, you know, been decimated and the fresh water supply, I mean, it's like, that's bad. And you haven't even hit the halfway point. That's bad. So we believe it's a pre-trib thing. Again, got friends. I got friends who believe that it's, it's like at the tribulation or the rapture is at the very end. And I'm like, why? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't agree with that. But we believe we'll be taken up out of here. So we won't experience some of this stuff. But if you're envisioning like, well, but I have loved ones who may go through this and all that. Um, listen, I understand. And that's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow. Even if you don't know anybody who goes through it, you just know humanity is going to go through it. But what I'll say is this. This is what you pray for. This is, I, I, I'm saying, when you pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done, you are praying for revelation to take place. You're praying for his, his judgment to come here. And you should pray that because let's not forget of all the people that are suffering unjustly on this planet and who have suffered and been wronged and abused and all the stuff, justice is coming. It's coming for them. Their day of, of justice will be there. We saw that even in one of the previous chapters where you got all these people who are martyred, these believers that are martyred during this time. Justice is coming for these guys. What's fascinating about all of this, you kind of get to the end of it and people are just still so unwilling to repent. It's like, this just blows your mind. You're like, let's look, verse one, chapter nine, let's just jump right into it. Here's where it gets crazy. Explain some of this. I'll tell you, Chapter 9 is one of the most difficult chapters in the entire Bible, in the entire Bible, to get a firm grasp of like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> and that's not even me. That's not even me just saying that. That's most of the experts are like, we got ideas, we got thoughts, but I don't know. So verse 1, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, the fifth angel blew his trumpet. Okay, so here's the fifth trumpet. And I saw a star that had fallen. That's the proper translation. Not, 
he's not looking out and he sees a star falling. He technically, in the Greek, he looked out and he had seen a star that had fallen, past tense, had fallen, okay? Which is a reference for Satan, all right, or Lucifer. So the star that had fallen to earth from the sky and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. When he opened it, smoke poured out as though from a huge furnace and the sunlight and the air were darkened by the smoke. This is a real place on planet earth. Like there is some place on this planet. Now the opening of it may be covered up. That's, that's the predominant thought there. It's like, there's some hole on this planet that goes all the way to the Earth's core. Right now, it's probably blocked up or, you know, or whatever. There's so everybody is always discovering this, okay? Um, some guys found it in Siberia, right, supposedly. Some people supposedly have found it in South America. I've, when I was over in Israel, there's a spot, I think it's in Caesarea Philippi, there's this place that they believe like, that's that's the gateway to hell kind of a deal. Like, that's where the opening is at. And you're like, can I just step back? Like, can I? Nobody mess with this, right? Like, especially in 2020, do not, like, unless the rapture happens, like, but nobody mess with this thing. Because here it is, it's blocked up, it's locked up technically, and Satan is given the keys to this, to this place. And it says that, you know, all the smoke comes out of there. So smoke is, is billowing out of this hole that comes from the earth. And it's so much smoke that, it, I mean, it's, it's darkening the sky. Verse 3, then locusts came out from the smoke and descended on the earth. And they were given power to sting like scorpions. And they were told not to hurt the grass or plants or trees, but to attack all the people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were told not to kill them, but to torture them for five months with agony, like the pain of scorpion stings. In those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee away, or death will run away from them for five months. These are not locusts. We'll we'll start there. These are not locusts. Well, how do you know they're not locusts? Um, Because they're not locusts, okay? These are demons. These are demons. And you can thank God. If you walk away from it, you can walk away tonight praising God for maybe just this one thing. Thank you, Jesus, that those things are still locked up right now, right? So there's one thing to put on your list of what you're thankful for today. These guys are not on, they're not messing with you today, okay? There will be a day where that, that prison, so to speak, is this great abyss is what it's technically is what it is. When it, it, the door gets blown off of that thing and these guys are released onto the planet and they have a specific target and it's anybody who does not have the seal of God on their foreheads, okay? Which is fascinating if you think about it because we'll, we'll get into some of the, uh, what, what hap- what's happening on the planet concerning everyone who does have the seal of God on their forehead, like, they're all dying because they don't have the other seal on them, whether it be on their forehead or their, or their hands, right? So, because there's this mark that goes out there that in order to buy, if, you know, and all that stuff, well, you got you to gotta have this, this mark, the mark of the beast is what they call it. If you got the mark of the beast, so to speak, well, these locusts are coming after you, okay? Which is fascinating, 
Because, well, that's the enemy's mark. But God's like, no, no, look, here's Satan, here's the keys. I'm going to let you set these demons free, but here's the deal. I'm still in charge. I'm still in charge. So they can only attack these people. What this should be triggering within our brains is the book of Exodus, one of the plagues from Egypt, okay? Because in those days, you had plagues that were released, and the individuals who were suffering from those plagues were, were the Egyptians within the story. And what's fascinating even about that, if you don't know your history concerning that, almost every single one of those plagues was directed at a false god that those people of Egypt worshipped. You want to you worship a frog? Here's millions of frogs, right? Everywhere. You like, you like flies? Here's a lot of flies, right? Like, but here you have these locusts. They're representing demons is what they're, they're representatives of. I don't believe that these are uh, helicopters, okay? Because that's something. Sometimes people will try to, like, try to figure out, like, what does this mean? And is this like, it sounds like, you know, they got the, the stings in their tails and all this stuff. And we'll even see that a little bit further on with some of this other imagery. I think they're demons. I think there's plain and simple, like these, especially these ones. And like I said, we'll see in a second, but these are, these are demons that have been locked up and now they're set free. So they've been locked up for thousands of years and now they get their, their moment, their, their, their five months of fame, basically, right? Like you get to wreck havoc or, or cause havoc on humanity, only those who are not sealed, who don't have the seal of God, um, you get to torture them for five months. And so they get this scorpion, this, this, uh, these stings that it's, it's equated to like the pain of scorpion stings, which scorpions are, are, are very native to that region, the Middle East area. Some scorpions over there get up to like six inches long. And some of the most painful stings come from scorpions. This is going to last for five months. What's, what's fascinating is I read somewhere that the, uh, that, like the average lifespan of a locust is five months, which is interesting. So for five months, these demons that are like swarming like locusts, they're going to be causing just pain and suffering on individuals. And it says in verse 6, in those days, people will seek death but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee them. There will be people trying to take their own lives, but they will be unsuccessful. Like, that's how bad it's going to be. But, so you don't get too consumed with all the negative, here's the thing. They're, they're seeking to take their own lives. They're unsuccessful, unsuccessful at taking their own lives. Because why? Because God is in charge. Because God is in control. So even if they're attempting to like, well, I'll just take the quote unquote, the easy way out, I'll end this suffering right now. And God's like, no, I don't think so. Well, why would it be so cruel? Well, why would it be so kind? You just, it's just looking at the coin from a different angle. Because somebody wants to bail out on life and listen, demons are chasing you down and stinging you. I get it. That's bad. But there's God saying like, I'm giving you another chance to repent. They don't have to sting you. They don't have to sting you. You got five months. Maybe day one, you know, murder hornets or whatever those things, you know, whatever they are that show up, it's like, okay, day one, I get stung by one. Okay, you know what? I think I'm done. Like, Lord, what do I, I got to do to get saved? Like, there's, 
in this moment, individuals could surrender to him, surrender to Jesus, and they would be locust-free, locust-free, sting-free for, you know, the rest of the months, the rest of the time that they're there. And not only that, but they're set for eternity. But even in the midst of this, I mean, they're, they're only, the only solution in the suffering is to end their lives. The only solution. And that's, man, that's, that's, a, that's a hard one. Um, that's, that's just a hard one. To, to know that somebody is, is at that point. I, I've dealt with suicide multiple times in my life. Multiple times. In Bible college, had a friend committed suicide. In Bible college. At Bible college. One of my students, youth students, committed suicide. Tremendous girl. Amazing girl. Love the Lord. Such potential. All this stuff. To get to this point where it's like, it's my only way out. It's my only way out. There's, there's so much suffering, but that's the thing. The, the part of the lie, part of the deception is like, it's not the only way. And even for these people who, I mean, they're seeing all this other stuff happen, but they don't want to, man, they don't want to surrender to Jesus. And it's like, if you just, if you just step through the fog, just step through this, this deception that the enemy has, like, listen, it's bad, it's going to get worse, the only option for you is to take your own life. It's like, that's not true. That's not true. Come out of the fog. Come out of that deception. Look, for these people, it could have been as simple as like, just surrender to the Lord. Just give, cast your cares on the Lord. Why? Because he cares about you. Death would flee from them. These people are not going to be permitted to die. Verse 7, here's your description concerning these locusts, quote unquote. Uh, the locusts looked like horses armed for battle, okay? So they get this armor type, you know, arrayment on them, right? They had golden crowns on their heads and they had human faces. Their hair was long like the hair of a woman. Their teeth were like the teeth of a lion. They wore armor made of iron and their wings roared like an army of chariots rushing into battle. They had tails that uh, stung like the scorpions with power to torture people. This power was given to them for five months. Their king is the angel from the bottomless pit. Now, if you know anything about locusts, locusts don't have a king. Real locusts, the insect. They don't have a king, right? So that's, again, this is an indication that what John is, and you got to imagine, like put yourself in John's position, okay? As you, <laughs> like, you're just hanging out on the island of Patmos, right? You're like, people have just been trying to kill me. And here I am just one day, you know, having my devotions, and then boom, there's Jesus, and he's like, hey, I want you to come up to heaven with me. I got to show you some stuff. And you're like, what? And then you're looking at all this stuff, the heavenly throne scene with all the colors and imagery. It's just beautiful, this rainbow that's, that's over the throne of God. And then there's the, the lion of the tribe of Judah, but really you look at him and he's the lamb that was slain. So you're taking in all these sights and sounds and smells as well because the, the incense, the prayers that have been going up to God, you can smell that too. And then you're looking at this thing and you're like, you watch that as Satan is given the keys to this bottomless pit and it's just, he's seeing these things come out of it and he's like, what can I, what can I, how do I describe this? So he's going to use terminology that would be, you know, familiar to him and also familiar to his readers of the day. And you've you got to put yourself in their position, you know, as you're watching Roman soldiers walking around or maybe um, some generals riding on horses that have been addressed for battle, 
This is kind of what John's doing. He's like, man, he's like, basically, you can boil it down to this. These things are wicked. These things are bad. These things are wicked. They're scary. These demons that have been locked up for a good reason have now been set free on humanity. And they have a king. His angel from the bottomless pit, his, his name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon, or he's known as the destroyer, the destroyer. Some people think that this may be speaking of another angel from the pit, like another just bad dude, okay? And then other people believe that, no, this is probably more than likely speaking of Satan, and the reference there would be from John 10, John chapter 10, where he talks about how Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy, destroy. Whether it's Satan or another demon, a fallen angel, the goal is the same, destruction. Destruction, destruction on who? Destruction on humanity. Why? Because humans are made in the image of God. Humans are made in the image of God. From day one, in the garden, humanity was the enemy for Satan. Satan, uh, you know, he had this, this thing was found in him, this, this pride. He wanted to be worshipped above God. And then you have these human beings who were created, and we're not created like the angels, not at all, not at all. There's, you need to understand that when people say that, you know, that, that God has he's made you and he's formed you, he's fashioned you, and there's something special about you, there really is something special about you that not even the angels can claim. Not even the angels can claim. Like, there is something absolutely just so amazing about just humanity in and of itself. That God would create us from the dirt in his image, and then he would breathe life into us. And not only that, but then we wreck it. We wreck the whole thing. Like, not even too long into the story, we ruin everything. Everything. And even before that, God, God already knew, and he was already on an active rescue mission for humanity. So you can imagine what Satan or Lucifer would be like as he's like this beautiful creation, absolutely beautiful creation, very gifted, I guess, within the worship realm of things, right, in the musical realm of things. And he looks and he sees us humans and that God has, like, made us in his image. you got to understand, for somebody who had already had it within him, this desire to really to go at war against God himself, and even to accumulate a third of the host of heaven, well, how many is that? Well, I don't know. Lots. Lots and lots and lots of angels were more than willing to follow Satan in a rebellion against God Almighty. Incredible. So you need to understand this is who you're dealing with, and not just him, but also in in the whole demonic realm. Demons are real. There is a spiritual warfare that's out there. Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 6, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It is not against each other. Please, I don't care what anybody tells you on the news. Your enemy is not somebody else, okay? Now, somebody else could be used by the enemy for sure, But you got to step behind the scenes and see that there are demonic forces that are out there. This battle that we're in, engaged in, it's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual war. 
for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. It's so important to grow in your relationship with the Lord, and one of those ways is to study His Word. At Bread for the Broken, we want to help you with this by providing as many tools as possible, like our online library of teachings. If you enjoyed today's teaching from the book of Revelation, you can hear it again on our website at breadforthebroken.com. You can also find other verse-by-verse Bible-based teachings by clicking on the Teachings tab. If you're looking for a church to call home, we'd love to have you visit us at Calvary Galveston. We meet every Sunday and Wednesday for a time of worship and Bible study. We're a laid-back church and encourage you to always come as you are. You can find directions to our church and more information at breadforthebroken.com. We'd love to connect with you too, so feel free to drop us a note in the contact form to let us know how we can be praying for you. Would you also consider partnering with us here at Bread for the Broken in prayer? Bread for the Broken is a ministry and in many ways a mission field. Would you pray for Pastor James and the team at Bread for the Broken? Pray that we would all keep our eyes fixed on our Savior and we'd be willing to follow Him no matter where He leads. Would you also pray about supporting this ministry financially? All donations can be made securely online at breadforthebroken.com and are greatly appreciated. Thanks for praying and thanks for tuning in to be with us today on Bread for the Broken.